Hey, fellow heroes, this is Arish Rivers, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ad Hero Podcast. We've got some awesome stuff for you ahead. But before we dive in, I want to address a quick question we've been getting a lot, and it's actually how to start your own podcast. So where we started was with Anchor. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me break it down really fast. It's free. The creation tools that are inherent to the platform allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will handle the distribution so your podcast gets heard on Apple, uh, Spotify, on Google, lots of different places. And then if you want to monetize your podcast, you can actually make money from it with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to get started with Anchor, just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Super simple, free, everything you need. So hopefully that sums it up for you guys. But with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into the awesome stuff we have planned for you today. And uh, again, thank you for tuning in to the Ad Hero Podcast. Let's go for it. Want to advertise big and build massive brand authority at the same time? It's easier than you think. Open Display by AdSymbol lets you advertise on digital billboards nationwide. Just go to OpenDisplay.com for a free account to get started. This is the Ad Hero Podcast. The podcast that reveals marketing tips, trends, and techniques by industry experts, insiders, and influencers. For years, AdSymbol has helped businesses develop and launch campaigns to amplify their message, establish authority, and earn their lion's share of the market. This podcast will help you design and supercharge your plan to make an impact with valuable lessons you can apply in your business today. To get more information or start now, visit adsymbol.com. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E.com. Let's get started. All right. Greetings, fellow heroes. Welcome back to another episode of the Ad Hero Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ares Rivers. Matthew Olivieri. Gino Giovanni. Right on. The other leaders in the league here. And I'm super stoked for today. Um, first of all, huge thank you for joining us. You guys, our guest today is Lou D'Angeli. Uh, my voice went soft on that one. D'Angeli, excuse me. Hey, what's going on, guys? And your voice didn't sound that soft. I don't know why, like, my D just, like, faded away on that one. I don't know why it was, it was a weird thing. It's all right, man. We'll, we'll get past it. <laughs> right on. Um, Lou, one of the things that we wanted to dive in with was actually talking about the opening of the new show that you guys have out in Vegas, and that's uh, Run, which I, I started seeing some marketing for that a long time ago. But before we dive into that, um, being that you guys are in the entertainment space, especially live entertainment and everything, I'm wondering how you feel, and I want to get your take, uh, actually, about some of the Star Wars news. Do you happen to be a fan at all? I love Star Wars. I, I grew up on it. It's, uh, it's top, like, the whole, the whole series is probably, like, top ten in my, uh, in my favorites. What about the newer movies? How do you feel about those? Um, I like the last two a lot. I like I liked Rogue One a lot, too. I like what they did in terms of trying to branch off on the storylines. I thought that was... Uh, Super cool, and as someone who was, I mean, I was born in 1972, right? And I think the first one was, what, 78, 79? So to still be involved in uh, 
the storylines and still feel very relevant to it um, and attached to it. I think they've done a great job. They, they've done an amazing job doing what I call like generational marketing. It's, you know, I have two two daughters who are very connected to it, and uh, you know, it's my dad and mom who turned me on to it. So I, they've done an amazing job, and I um, I like I like all the new stuff. I, I'm looking forward to more of the. Uh, the, the, the character specific stories like Solo and whatnot were are really cool stuff like that. Have so good stuff. The new Mandalorian. I saw the trailer two nights ago or whenever the World Series was. Pretty exciting there too. I think it's uh could be one of my favorite ones. But you know trailers. I mean they do such a good job in like sucking you in with the trailer. You know I'm like vested right away. I don't have to see anything else. I'm going. No, just just on that note, have you guys ever gone back in time and watched trailers from like the eighties and seventies? Oh, yes. like oh yeah, all the time. Yes. Just the trailer game, if I may be so bold as to say, has really grown over the years. Like as Lou just mentioned, you know, trailers really now suck you in. And but back in the day, they were kind of like, I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, kind of, I liked them back. You then. liked them back? Yeah, then? I really did. Yeah. Lou, were you a fan of trailers back in the day, or or did they reveal to you? No, I don't. I, I recently watched, it's funny you asked that question, because I recently watched the original Star Wars trailer, and man, it was like, there's like no energy behind it. Oh, <laughs> that's like, different. So, yeah, that's, I think that's what I'm referencing. <laughs> that is exactly you know what? what I'm referencing. There's a funny little story about that, because what, some of the top people from way back then who made that movie sat in on the, when the, when the trailer was made, mm -hmm. and apparently, this is somewhere in New York, and apparently someone mentioned in the audience, yeah, that's going to go to the video real soon. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Crazy. Trailers can really make or break a film, I think. You know, I, I think that they can do pretty much any production because, and this was months ago, Lou, I was on LinkedIn, um, and I saw just this quick little, it was only a couple of seconds for run. And the moment I saw that, I was like, what the hell is that? I got to see that. Like, I want to see that. I want to be a part of that show. Well, I mean, that's a perfect segue. I guess. And, and by the way, I just real quickly, I say make or break a film because I have the Apple trailers app. I think we all do. I think it comes on your iPhone standard. Mm. Maybe, perhaps. I don't know. I'm an Android guy. But, uh, uh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to any of our Google users out there. Uh, anyways, there's numerous times where I will start to watch a trailer. Mm -hmm. And within the first thirty sec first five seconds, I'm like, that eh, not gonna. Be, I, I don't want to watch that movie. For me, that's okay. just my brain process. But if it's good, if it's a really good trailer, it's gonna be great. So perfect segue question, Lou. How do you guys borrow from the excitement of movie trailers into your guys' productions? And and how did you come up with this one for Run that just immediately captivated Ersh? You know what? This is the first show that um, that we've really had an opportunity to go into like tr what I would call trailer world because the first <laughs> show we've ever done that that blends us. Uh, you like that trailer world? Um, this is the first show that we've ever done. It's the first show we've ever done that has um, video um, that's part of the story. Um, and what I mean by that is that you know it literally starts out as a video, it goes into live action, it goes back into video. There's tons of transitions like that, and we did that, you know, one because we're trying to try to do something different, and and two to to tell the story better, um, but more leaning into the first one. I mean, it was done so we could evolve the brand, which we we can talk about later. But we absolutely like if you've seen the 30 second commercial, it's not like a trailer per se; it's our actual commercial, but it lends itself to a high action 
high quality, highly produced movie that just happens to be on stage. We're calling it, you know, a, a live graphic novel. And Whoa. what's cool about the, That's oh yeah, I got that, you there. Is, the, that, um, is that gonna be a hashtag? It might be, it might be. <laughs> we, we can hashtag live graphic novel. <laughs> Live graphic novel, but yeah, I mean that's that's what it is, and in the in the actual commercial you see that there's a there's a there's a live action that's from the stage, and then there's act you know stuff that we've taped, um, or, or from the trailer per se, or the commercial per se that's produced. Um, but I have to tell you, like the the evolution of this show and what I've seen. I mean, I've been part of the process I think for three and a half years when it started. You know, I have the original like treatment for it sitting in my office and it's evolved so much, but where it's evolved to is a really good place. And I think it lends itself, you know, to the movie world. Hence why Robert Rodriguez is involved. He wrote the script for it. Um, I'm a huge Rodriguez fan, huge Tarantino fan, Eli Roth, all those guys are in this cool genre to me. And for us to be able to work with someone like him is, is pretty awesome. Wow. That's, uh, well, Okay, I'm not gonna. That's gonna be a diatribe of stuff that I'm just gonna dump on. I'll have to talk to you off camera on that one later. Yeah, we'll uh, do like a whole like, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I do want to. I just want to throw this out there, Lou. My first uh, Rodriguez film experience from Dust Till Dawn. Oh, <laughs> love that movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was hooked. I was hooked. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yes. 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 But I was instantly like. <sighs> yeah. Well, we all know. Long. We know about Rodriguez and stuff, but uh, Lou. Uh, we connected on LinkedIn. I remember years ago, uh, I had run into several guys when, when the show came to, I think which one it was, it might have been Cavalia, came to San Jose. Okay. Uh, I just remember I was working at a nightclub. There were a, a lot of the guys who were in the acrobatics were just hanging out, and we actually got to watch them practice. But without giving too much away, Lou, I was wondering if you can give our audience, uh, without me spoiling too much, a quick introduction about who you are and what you do. Uh, and what your superpower is kind of in, in the whole makeup of Cirque du Soleil. I am uh, the vice president of marketing for the resident show division. I am a former pro wrestling guy uh, and I'm a former, I guess, sports guy. So I've, uh, that's my not blowing the lid off everything. My superpower is pulling it all together and making sure people feel a lot of support and we champion the right thing. So I was going to get sarcastic there, but I actually believe in what I said is my superpower. Um, and I've been in the live entertainment business since I graduated college. In fact, I've been in, was in the live entertainment business when I was in college and I've been in many different facets of it. Um, this has been the best so far at Cirque. So extremely lucky to work here for the last nine plus years. And I've watched uh, a lot of cool things happen and, and been part of some amazing things that I never thought possible. So I'm hyping up uh, the company as well. Yes. How did you get started in Cirque? I was working for World Wrestling Entertainment um, for Vince McMahon. I was there from 2006 to 2010. And um, Cirque actually, I, I was recruited. Um, and I was thrilled to be recruited because I remember the phone call to this day like it was yesterday. I was in my office in Stanford, Connecticut. The phone rang. Somebody wanted to talk to me about a job. I said, what job? And they said, well, we can't disclose it. And it's just like, okay, well, then what, we can't have a conversation. And they said, well, it's in Las Vegas. And I was like, well, what's in Las Vegas? And they're like, okay, it's Cirque du Soleil. And it was like, and not even a hesitation. I was like, yep, I want to talk. I had literally just been to Vegas with, with WWE. Right away, right away. It's like, that's a no-brainer. I had just been in Vegas um, with WWE. I had seen the Beatles' love um, in its first year. 
and I had be prior before that with my wife, I had seen uh, O, and I was one of the guys who used to stand in line, you know, to try to get on the standby list or whatever um, to get into the show. But it moved pretty quick from there, uh, and that's it was probably a couple of weeks later I, I came on as the director of marketing, and I've moved through the, the ranks in the last nine years or so. But that's how Cirque started for me. For me, Lou, I got a, a quick, timely question here for you that you may have an opinion on or some background knowledge on. Uh, is this whole XFL revamp going to work? Or is this, is, you this, know, is this just the thing that Vince won't give up on and he's going to keep throwing like a money pit, like an old Buick that you keep fixing up, but it keeps breaking down on you? Look, I think Vince's, uh, Vince's vision for trying to expand outside of wrestling is a, uh, is a noble idea. I think much like Cirque is doing with Run right now, you have to try new things. I think in this day and age with content and everything that you can push so quickly, I mean, they might have a chance, but my, my only concern with it is, is like, they're, I think they're pretty big stadiums and there's a lot of seats to sell and there's a lot of people you have to brand like really fast to sell those tickets. And I don't know how quickly that happens, but I do know that if anybody's going to make it successful, it'll be him. Um, I wasn't around WWE the first time it happened, but that was also a very different era in the in, in social media and everything that is is accessible now. So, I'll give it a I'll give it a percentage to to to, um, to succeed, um, just because I know how hard he works, and I also know how hard everyone that works for him works. Yeah, I hear that. What's been uh, going back to run? Um, I mean, especially since the landscape has changed from you know, say if you're promoting an event way back in the day to now with um, everybody being so connected and plugged in, what's been some of the most difficult part about having the show kind of come to fruition and, and getting the word out there? Now, the, the, the biggest thing with us with this show is that it's not a traditional Cirque du Soleil show by any means, like it's not even close. It's nothing like what you've ever seen from us. And that's been the message we've been trying to communicate. We've been communicating that by pushing a ton of content um, a ton of things that highlight why it's so different. For instance, again, Robert Rodriguez is different. Using Tyler Bates for the music, you know, Manson, uh, Manson, lots of amazing cool bands. Um, and then using and having identifiable storyline characters like uh, the groom, the bride, the hero, people like that we have never leaned into before. We've never leaned into identify, you know, a person or a select group of people or who wrote it or who does the music. It's always been about Cirque the brand and that's the star, which is good. Um, however, now we have to evolve. And part of evolution is one, trying new things like I just said, and two, like using every platform that we can push content on to push content and also creating some really cool content. I always call it like humanizing the artists humanizing what you guys see on stage. Because if you know the person who's playing the groom or the bride or whatnot, you might connect with them a little bit more. But the only way we're able to do that is through storylines and, and but telling their story, not ours. Well, yeah, Gino, go for it. Oh, well, speaking of stories, uh, Lou, actually, you just reminded me randomly, uh, I, was out, or I was out in Vegas and just randomly just so happened to be driving in a Lamborghini with the male stripper from the Zumanity show. <laughs> and I ended up seeing them on TV the following week. It was crazy. Um, but uh, what, what I wanted to know was like, okay, there are a lot of different shows around the country, or especially in Vegas, 
for Cirque du Soleil. Uh, how do you come up with all those different types of shows, like the ideas for the shows, and what advice can you give to someone who's trying to come up and maybe in the event space and, and, and do something, maybe not similar, but just some advice for them to come along and uh, prosper the way Cirque du Soleil has? I, I believe you have to have, first of all, what stays in Vegas, or what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so I'm not going to ask about the Lambo story. Um, <laughs> oh, no, sounds fun. Sounds fun, though. It was all clean. Um, <laughs> look, I think what the company's done here, you know, for uh, 26 years, we opened our first show, Mystere, so we continually provide a different product within the brand. So if you watch Mystere, then you watch O. And then you watch Zumanity and Ka, everything has ownable assets, ownable acts, and ownable things that make them different from each other. And I think in the space that when we created Mystere here, um, the space was brand new and we've been able to kind of own that space. And there's lots of other shows in Vegas that try to do what we do and I have a lot of respect for them. Actually, I believe competition is good, um, but we do it best, to be frank. Um, and I believe for an upcoming company or whatnot, you have to have an ownable thing that, I mean, this is going to sound so cliche, but just no one else is doing, but also wants to see. So what I mean by that is we knew there was no like live action thriller in a theater. We know we have a younger audience that we want to get to. Our average demo right now is 45 plus. So we have to go younger. So we're creating a product that one, no one's doing and two is going to help us reach a new audience. And I believe in creating new things, you have to look at your, your market competition, what's already happening, but also what you can truly own that no one else can. Well, you know, Lou, on that point, and I had two questions hit me that I think are very poignant. Uh, first and foremost, because you're trying to attract that different age demographic and it's a whole different type of show, and you mentioned Rodriguez and all those other things, in some respects, would you, from a strategy standpoint, almost try to not highlight that it's a circus Olay show, but you know what I'm saying? Like not in case there's that younger audience that, that just immediately affiliates the label or the brand circus Olay with like this, this thing that, Oh, that's not for me. That's something my parents would go to. So would you almost, yeah, like, no, that's a, you know. yeah, you know, that's a, it's, look, that's what was one of our biggest, I know you have another question, but just because I forget quickly, um, that's why when you see some of the advertising, the advertising doesn't look like anything we've done before. We use Robert's name, we use Michael Schwantz's name, who's also involved with the show, and we use Produced by Cirque du Soleil. So that is different for us. We created a movie kind of poster layout. Like everything we've done is nothing like we've done before in marketing. Um, is it a challenge? Absolutely. I mean, we're gonna face it for, I bet, the first year of the show, people are going to come in and, and say, oh, I thought this was Cirque when I saw O, and now I saw Run. It's two different things. But as a marketing person, you lean on doing your best to differentiate it like every second of the day. Um, and hopefully people see it as we want them to see it, which is an evolution of the brand. It doesn't mean we're not going to continue to do the things we're known for. It, you know, it means we're evolving. That's right. That's perfectly answered. Thank you for that. And my second quick question, Eric, because I think Eric uh, has something for you as well, is when you're in the vice president marketing side of stuff now looking at the budget and for how you're going to market a show like this that's completely different and it's going after a new audience and all this kind of stuff with it would you say there's a lot of challenges in in trying to assess what the potential roi is going to be in ticket sales and everything else because you guys have a 
quote unquote kind of cookie cutter model that you already know if we do these elements in these kind of ways with this kind of branding and this kind of messaging, we should expect to sell X tickets, which is going to be Y revenue. But in this, in this endeavor, you're kind of venturing into the unknown. So does that make it challenging how to spend money and where to market? Cause the ROI is kind of an unknown factor. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was interesting because for me personally, Look, I, I don't want to, traditional marketing is traditional marketing, digital marketing is digital marketing. We have to do those things. Those are like, I don't want to call them cookie cutter because everybody has their own strategy, but those are the necessary things. With Run, what we looked at is what are the things we've never been able to do before that we can do now? The first was oh, do a performance at Comic-Con with uh, the fandom guys that we've never been able to work with before. The second is we work with WWE. Well done. Yeah. We worked with WWE and had their uh, heavyweight champion come and do a tour that got pushed out on social media and has like insane views. Um, third thing is we start work. I mean, we've worked with the Vegas Golden Knights, who's the hockey team here, but we start working with one of their players who has a brewing company who gets into 130 different bars. So it's like you start looking at marketing that way, which for me was a lot of fun because that was kind of my past life. Um, you know, WWE with like O or or um, something like that doesn't really, like you're, you're pushing a partnership at that point. You're just trying to do something to get it done and it's not authentic. Mm. We've been able to like lean in on those things and there's still a lot more working on. Um, so yeah, but you know, you also have to justify like what I just said, like Comic-Con when fandom was not cheap. However, like what a better platform to debut a show and do something that Cirque's never done before, which is show a couple acts before like the show's even finished being like completed, like in creation. So it was a lot of stuff like that, you know, it was just like, I'm not saying it's out of the box. It's just like, who are the guys we've always wanted to work with and now we have an opportunity to work with. That's awesome. That's amazing. I know that, uh, and, and kind of on this route, I mean, we're here in, in California and when people say, oh, we're going to go to Vegas, it's always like, well, what are you going to do? And most of the time you hear people go, oh, I don't know, you know, but with something that is so novel as essentially a, a live action graphic novel, um, I mean, that kind of <laughs> I'm looking at Southwest flights right now, um, trying to see when I can get out there. Cause I really want to try to get out to the show. I definitely want to check it out. And if people haven't figured this out, I'm basically just like a closet geek slash nerd about all sorts of stuff. Like when we were talking about movie trailers, I flashed back to the movie trailer of all things for Big Trouble in Little China. I, I don't know. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> yeah, but that's a draw, man. You guys have a veritable new draw out in Las Vegas. And I think that's something that can appeal to both the crowds and you get the older crowds to go, okay, so it's Cirque du Soleil. We can expect a certain amount of production level and to see something that really wows us on the census side. But then you also get the younger kids who, you know, for example, like didn't get dizzy watching Hardcore Henry, you know? <laughs> Let me ask you. Yeah, that. no, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's kind of what I was saying earlier is, uh, sorry, Gino, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. You know, I, I thought you were going to say something. Um, sorry, what, uh, what you said about the kids is it, because if we can get a younger demo in the see run and that's her you know, first exposure to the brand, the, the next logical way is to go to like a car or Mystere or something along those lines. And then, then you have them involved in your like ecosystem. And then when they fly home, wherever they're going to, and one of our touring shows comes through, you've exposed them that way too. So you nailed it. How many hotels is Cirque du Soleil at now in Vegas? Seven. Wow. And six of them are with our partner, uh, MGM. And one of them is with, uh, with Phil Ruffin's Treasure Island. And both are, are amazing, amazing partners. 
that we've been able to do a lot of really good stuff with. So if this production of, of run goes extremely well, do you think it's going to open up the floodgates for a lot more of this type of variety and you're going to continue to kind of go into those different avenues, fandom and comic cons and things like that to promote those other kind of shows? Yeah, I mean, our first, yes, first of all, just to answer directly, but before that, you know, we, we had our first ice show came out last year called Crystal. So we have already developed a second one called Axel. Um, and, and that's because Crystal was successful. So now it's like, all right, we have run. Uh, the world premiere is in, uh, in 13 days. And, you know, give it some time and we'll see. But if the model works, I mean, live production like that in the theater is, it's a 1400 seat theater that it, it's basically the whole show's around you. And I think that's a really cool model. So yes, the answer is, and I think it will be successful. I think what I've seen, I know what I've seen is exactly what we expected. And now it's just kind of how you manage that with the brand. So yeah, I think you would see a lot more of that if all goes well as expected. Well then fellas, I guess we're going to Vegas in two weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Did you say that the whole show is around you? Yeah, I mean like literally and figuratively, like there's a, obviously a stage but there's a mass wall on both sides of the theater that uh, have images and live action in them and then a lot of the performers um, and various scenes take place in different parts of the theater so it's not just like by no means is it just on stage it's like literally everywhere it's like every so often Circus Soleil just keeps upping the bar more and more. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> You know what, Lou? I know you've got a busy day ahead of you, but I really thank you for joining us, man. It's been a, it's been a huge blast, and uh, I look forward to being able to talk with you again if we don't get to run into you out in Las Vegas. Because I don't know, I don't know about you guys. I'm going to Vegas just just to see the show. I'm in. So, Do it <laughs> so <on> trip. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll get you guys a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta fill you yeah. in on that uh, on that story later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I am yeah, not yeah. even touching that. Not so, touching that. so uh, before we disappear, Lou, for our listeners, um, if especially as you're developing these partner uh, partnerships and avenues to help big up everything Surf is doing, uh, what does it take to work with you, or or how can you best be reached? You could go right off the uh, off my Twitter or off my LinkedIn or Instagram. I have them all, and they're all uh, Instagram's not open, but LinkedIn is. LinkedIn's always the best, and Twitter is always the best for me as well. And I and I do follow up, so hit me up anytime. Awesome. We'll throw that. We'll throw your uh, handles in the uh, show notes and make sure that that gets rippled out. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. That's. Oh, sorry. Do you know what? Real quick, uh, shout outs to our listeners in uh, Florida and New Jersey. Uh, who've been uh, listening to us quite frequently. Nice. Yeah, hey, they plan. We appreciate you. Those guys do the big trips. We appreciate you, East Coast. Much love. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's everything for now, everybody. Uh, These are your leaders of the league, Eris Rivers. Matthew Libieri. Gian Giovanni. All right, signing off, everybody. Thanks, Lou. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to another episode of the Ad Hero Podcast. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend family member or a weird co-worker down the hallway if you want to get in touch with us we're easy to find on social media at handle ad symbol that's a-d-s-e-m-b-l-e you can also send us an email at adheropodcast at gmail.com <laughs>